Welcome to Let's Talk About CX, a show that will help you improve your customer experience and provide you ideas on how to amaze and delight your customers. We feature experts and authors from around the world who share their view and give you tips and tricks for great CX. And now, here's your host, Sultan Samlali. Hi, and uh, welcome to Let's Talk About CX. My name is Sultan Samlali, and I have a real passion for customer experience. Where it started, I'm not sure. Uh, it might be because I grew up in Brussels, where my parents had shops, and I helped almost on a daily basis. Um, and I saw at first hand how providing great customer experience leads to more business and more loyalty. And customer experience can be big things, but it can also be all the small things like bringing groceries to an older lady who lives a couple of blocks away or making sure that you have the products for your customers whenever they need it. I'm doing this podcast uh, during my spare time. In my day job, I work as a sales development director for Oracle CX, uh, where our team is dedicated to helping organizations with the technology that will help them provide real-time customer experience on advertising, marketing, sales, and service. Today, I'm welcoming Els Daz. Uh, Els is an author, experienced speaker, and a certified CX, CCXP professional. Uh, she wrote the book, At Leave the Voyage Clones, uh, that I could translate at uh, With Love for Your Customers. And her job is, or her mission, is to inspire, train, and coach in her own spicy way, which we'll discover in a couple of minutes. Um, she guides business evolutions and revolutions with strategic and operational advice on the steep climb to truly customer-oriented thinking and acting. Uh, her passion is really to help people work together, and she made her goal to build a strong CX expert community in Belgium and make CX a globally respected profession. And that's one of the reasons why she wrote a book and write books. And she also is a judge for the International CX Awards and founded the CX Peer-to-Peer Community in Belgium. So thank you for joining, Els. Thank you for inviting me. Great to have you. Um, <laughs> so, Els, um, as the name of the show is called Let's Talk About CX, I was really interested to know uh, how do you define uh, CX and I also understand that you like to make a difference between CX and CX management. Yeah, exactly. So for me, customer experience, well, it's not a new word anymore. I think that most of the people understand it's all about the experience a customer has while a customer is considering buying, using products or services from a firm or while it's working with an organization and all its employees. So that's that's. The customer experience in itself. Now, what I um, I'm, what I'm confronted with a lot, and in, in with the companies that I work with, is that they think that if they get good um, customer feedback, so the experience eh, from the customer is is quite okay at that moment, that they have a good customer experience management. And um, that's why I, I always want to stress the difference between those two, because that might be in a short term the case, 
But if you do really customer experience management, you have a long-term vision on customer experience. And that's quite important if you want to, as, as you said in your intro, um, it's about small things, but can also be about big things. But the, the, the purpose is that you, you become better in the future, you as an organization and your customers together with you. So um, you have to you do it in a management kind of way. And that means that you do not only think about how you touch the customer uh, with with sending or communicating or uh, uh, smiling in a store, but also how you how you within your strategy you define what that that perception should be and how it should evolve in the future, and that you have a real plan. Uh, management is about strategic thinking, about having a plan, about metrics, uh, about measuring what you're doing, and then about culture and changing people and those pillars are all in, involved or all combined in man, customer experience management. And that's what a lot of companies do not understand or are not aware of that uh, having a good experience at one time is not meaning that your organization is really customer centric or are doing customer experience management. Okay. So in order to be customer centric, uh, you need to have customer experience management or to see it as a things that you as something you need to manage overall then exactly so it, it, you have to see it as as part of your strategy you have to choose for it first of all huh? mm -hmm. and um and how we see organizations that want to get better in customer experience they really approach it like having a change project in their company and have doing really change management with the purpose of getting better customer experience and and there if you if, if you see it that way it's becoming um long-term results if you just look at it in a kind of marketing way say we we write nice letters to our customers who complain for example which is a eh, stupid example but happens a lot yeah that's that's a tiny little small part of the total Eh? But it's also experience, but it's not experience management. Yeah. Okay. So it's kind of the difference between the tactical things you can do and the real strategic mindset. Yeah, the result and the whole plan and strategic behind it, in fact. Yeah. So taking that into consideration, um, who should own then the customer experience or customer experience management? Ah, that's always a very tricky question. Um let me start by by giving more or less the situation as it is right now in, in a lot of companies. Um, you see that in most of the companies, actually, the CX person or team uh, is located within a marketing department, which is kind of logic because a lot of the experience depends on how you communicate, how your look and feel uh, influence the customer, etc. Now, the the... The more outside part is perfect if you, you're part of a marketing department. The only thing we see in a lot of companies is that a marketing department does not really have all the credibility towards all the other departments of companies to make um, changes which last long. Uh, and there, there I mean to change processes, to change mindset and attitude of people in the more operational part of the company. And um, there we see that there's a switch of companies that say, well, it's not only about communication, 
And uh, in the marketing department, it's also about the service afterwards. So it switches mostly to, to customer service departments. That's mm-hmm. good too, but it's still within a silo. And then there's the question, if you look at the end-to-end process, huh, the customer journey in the end-to-end process, who can have the mandate of changing that whole process? And we say a lot, the silo thinking is against customer experience management in companies. And, but for one reason or another, we keep those silence, silos Sorry, mm-hmm. if, if we, we keep the CX team within a certain department. So what we see in, in, in mature CX companies is that they have a team which is more uh, cross-functional, which is also reporting into management or C-level or is part of C-level and who has the mandate to really um, work on and improve the whole process. And that's really important. Having a person that can come into all departments in all teams and say, oh, this and this we learned from the customer and here we can improve this and that. And, and not always a marketing or customer service department has that uh, mandate or, or credibility. Now, what you see as a third evolution currently is that in the agile working uh, companies, which are working with um, tribes or teams uh, who, who ha- are responsible for one end-to-end process, that there, that 360-degree, I would say, responsibility for the customer is inherited in the tribes. So there is already more um, a cross-functional thinking. But unfortunately, not all companies are yet in the agile way of working or at, in the cross-functional way of uh, thinking. So, so to, to, to answer your question, where is it currently? Mostly in one department. Where should it be? According to me, it's into an overall view. Mm-hmm. And then where the, the person is situated or where is the office doesn't matter. If the person has a mandate to go in every team and work with every team with an impact to the customer. Yeah, so it would be that person or that department would be the critical friend across the organization that can just open the door and say, hey, this doesn't work well. How can we improve it yeah. and look at it? Exactly. Or, yeah. or who brings the voice of the customer in, but immediately links it to concrete actions that can be done in all places in the company. Whereas we see a lot that if, if it's uh, situated, for example, in, in marketing, that there's big programs of voice of the customer gathering feedback and then uh, having good internal communication on what is that feedback. But mm-hmm. why, and now I will say something ugly probably, why spamming your customer yeah. if you don't do anything with it? I mean, it's not. I mean, it's not ugly. I mean, it's it, it makes sense. It makes sense uh, to whatever you do to have always that yeah the CX mindset. And so sometimes I'm buying things from some shops where I'm buying a ten euro thing through Ball.com or through to an, and then I'm getting like an email asking me to review the product, and I'm getting like three or four emails to review the product. That is more annoying than serving for anything, especially when I'm spending such little money, then I don't feel like, okay, do I need to invest 
five minutes of my time to review a product that is five euro and getting five emails. It costing me, yeah, it doesn't yeah. cost a lot, but it costs in the effort or the perception side. So it's effort but research has also proven that that people mostly do not fill out surveys because they are convinced that nothing is being done with it so if as a customer i would have proved that even those 5 minutes are well spent yeah i get more engaged and more motivated to help the company yeah. But if, if they just ask and I never see anything changing or I do not get a communication, uh, thanks for your feedback, we did this and this with your feedback, uh, or we will not work on this because uh, we have other priorities for the moment, even that kind of message would motivate me to, to fill out more and frequently in, in the future. But even then... I believe that even if you do it well, uh, if you, you gather feedback in a very good way and you like, like we say, you close the loop. Eh? You, you also mm -hmm. give feedback back to the customer with what you're doing. Yeah. I see a lot of companies asking questions on which they know already the answer. And, and you, you have uh, your listening plan, let's say, or your gathering feedback plan is not only voice of the customer. You should also use the voice of the employee because a lot of employees know things. And you don't have to spam your customer if, if the knowledge is already inside your company. And then you have your voice of the process. Right? You, your system already proves you some metrics, which you, the typical question is, um, did you get your package on time? I refuse to answer those kind of questions. I say, if you are a good process and good system, you know it if you were, was on time or not. Because that's typically the, the companies who have a dashboard, uh, uh, late deliveries, uh, 2 or 3%. So they know. Why asking me as a customer? That's true. It would be even better to say, okay, we know that your package was delivered two days late. So can we think about, and then yeah. plenty of questions. Yeah. But listening to a customer must, must add value and um, must, uh, must not be just for having the... the the figures or the statistics. But, but that's why I say you need mandate. Huh? To, to come back to our, our question, you need mandate once you, you have listened or you have gathered those voice of the customer, voice of the employee, voice of the process, yeah. to with that feedback and with those figures, go into the several departments and say, okay, let's have a plan together to have continuous improvement in favor of the customer. And how, how do you... <clears throat> how do you speak the same language across your organization? So um, do you need the same kind of KPIs? How, how do you see that? Because we are all driven, every organization or part of the organization is driven by different KPIs. So how do you link them together? Huh. And now I will come back to my first thing I said. There is, in, in, in customer experience management, there is the part of the strategic thinking. Mm -hmm. And strategic thinking on experience means that you decide upfront how your customers should perceive you as a company in the different phases eh, of the journey and, and what it should get, receive, or how it should be handled or communicated to, etc. So although I'm a believer in, in uh, overall KPIs like an NPS eh, who can, can be like an alarm bell if something goes really wrong, 
I don't believe that those kind of metrics will engage a lot the different separate departments in what they need to do differently for the customer. Because it's not split it in all details. And so that means if, if you tell me or if you ask me um, how to talk the same language, it's more about why do we want to be customer centric? That sort of customer story that you tell as management, that should be one story that everybody can repeat. Also, the same language on what do we want to reach? How, how should the customer perceive us should be one story by everybody said the same. But once it comes up to performance indicators or metrics, I do believe that you can have separate metrics per team. Because if you, you looked into, for example, a logistic department, they will will need to reach different kind of things with an impact on the customer than in marketing or in customer service. And so you split, in fact, the overall goal of how your customer needs to perceive you on the different moments in the journey into, let's say, individual per team, eh? not, not per person, per, per team, individual KPIs um, to make the ideal uh, experience happen. Okay, so it would be something like um, we want our customers when they reach out to us to feel valued and understood. And then um, using that, you would then translate that into KPIs, into um, KPIs that would be valid for every kind of department or across the organization then. Yeah. And if I can just ask uh, or add a tip, maybe also for the listening people, um, a good way of thinking about that is to, to define the answer on the question, what should customers say about working with us if they talk to other customers while we are not there? Yeah. And so like you described it, uh, that would be a very rational way of thinking about it. It would never be vocabulary that the customer tells to another customer. Yeah. Uh, they would say to another customer, oh, they always listen to me and they, they really listen. They, they remember what I've said or uh, if I can trust them, if there's a problem, they still will in, in inform me about the problem, although there is no solution, etc., etc. So once you can, and that's also the part of the common language, once you can translate what you want to receive as an experience into the real customer language, it becomes easier for colleagues, employees to understand what is their expected attitude to reach that ideal experience. For example, one of my, one of my clients wants to be trustable. Yeah, but, but a customer will never say, oh, that company is trustable. Yeah, that's, that's vocabulary in books. That's not what you say. What they say to each other yeah, in between customers, they say, oh, um, yeah, sometimes you need to wait long for your products to bet, get delivered. But if they tell you what's the delivery date, you can always be sure they keep that promise. That's what they say to each other. Or if I had a delivery date um, and they are not able to fulfill that, they do not call me in the morning. They call me already two days before when they know the problem will occur. Yeah. 
And that's really appreciated by customers because even if, if they say, and, and this is a company in the B2B world, where the customer needs to plan his own, eh, um, the things he needs to do with that product. So if he gets the phone call in the morning, it's too late. But if he gets it two days before, he can do something about it. And by really translating that into language of the customer, that uh, so my client really was able to say, okay, this means this for uh, marketing. Marketing, you need to write some standard letters in these kind of scenarios. Mm -hmm. This means this for uh, delivery. Uh, you need to, to do that and that KPIs. They even had KPIs on the people in the factory. So who never saw a customer. And why was that? That's because those people were really so, they were really thinking about the customer. So when it's four o'clock and the factory is closing at six o'clock, they say, okay, we will do our best to finish all the orders of the day. Although that was not realistic. But they always said, we will do our best until six o'clock. And then there was like two or three orders left over, which were not able to handle. Now, what was their KPI? It was that at three o'clock in the afternoon, they were obliged to call to customer service, which orders were at risk. Maybe not, maybe yes, but they had to tell it. And customer service could call proactively the customers. So even the ones who are never having contact with the customer got a metric, a KPI, which had a direct impact on the customer. But it was an internal process. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but that's an amazing process. I mean, because you, you, you remove any kind of surprises for the end customer. So that makes it great. And what I really love also about this example is how they used language of the customer and how they speak with each other. I think, I think it's very strong because um, very often you have those big statements yeah. uh, with those big posters with integrity or words that don't mean anything. Mm. Yes. And um, they have this uh, despair.com, those beautiful posters with retaking those images and putting other words uh, below it, which is a very nice one. I'll put the link to despair. But uh, yeah, it, it doesn't mean anything, just empty words. While if you use how customers will speak with each other, I think it also helps to realize that our customers are just human people. Even though they're an organization uh, in B2B, uh, it's still people speaking with each other. So Yeah, and it helps also to translate in really the expected attitude of every single individual in an organization. Um, and that's that my example also proves that in the beginning that we were doing that project, it was a big frustration from customer service people because they said, we need to be trustable. Huh? And, and we, so the customer says we need to call them once we know the problem is there and not uh, just at the end. But we do not know because we depend from the factory. So that meant that to reach that that end metric of experience and NPS and satisfaction, we had to put an internal metric in how the, the different teams work together. Yeah. And that's why I said, if, if 
if that company would just have had the the goal of an, a good NPS, and by the way, when when we started the project, they were at men, minus ten, and they ended up at plus twenty five after two years. So it, it was really an improvement, but. Um, they never used they they used it as an as it was on the dashboard you know on the quarterly meetings but it was never on a kpi for the separate teams there they translated to to things where the team could have an impact on mm-hmm. well, that's very good yeah because it makes them relevant for them while at the same time building up uh, yeah. to the overall it's goal. like a cascade huh? you go cascade, down and, yeah. and back up yeah yeah, and it's and and that's where now I know, and I realize your why you're focusing so much on the management aspect of customer experience management. Because because if you do only the outside part on the really end experience, you can become very frustrated, and you start doing all kind of crazy little things which are short time, okay, but not making it, um, yeah, yeah, long term. You know, a fundament of your company. Yeah, now it makes completely sense. So, um, for the people that are watching or listening, in what would be one thing that they could start thinking about or start doing tomorrow to improve customer experience for their organizations? Only one. <laughs> <laughs> we have small ambitions, you know. Oh, okay. It's- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, (laughs) no but i think well the the thing that i said already eh, really decide on how you want to be perceived um and and not just a lot of companies start with the customer listening in these kind of projects and they say oh this goes bad we have to change that but they did not decide on what would be their ideal to be from for themselves Mm-hmm. apart from what the customer says. So that's really the first thing I think everybody should do at one point in time. Um, I already said, do not spam your customer. Eh? Do not ask things that you, you already know. Eh? So when we do projects in, in companies, we, we tend to stop <laughs> all the survey things and, and all what is happening. And then... If after three months, nobody is complaining about that there's no new data coming in, it means you do not use the things like they, you should. Yeah. So, so really, if you gather feedback, then, then have a plan how to act on it. Um, but at the, under, and at the other hand, what, I, what we also said in, in a previous question, pinpoint somebody and it's it doesn't matter in which department that person is. Even if it's the secretary of the, P, uh, of the CEO, that's fine for me. But pinpoint somebody that can um, play with the feedback you have, even if that person is not gathering her or himself the feedback, huh? but can make it actionable and has mandates to go everywhere and convince the people to, to have action plans on it. Yeah. That would be like three points that are already important <laughs> <laughs> i give you i ask you one you give me three so you're over delivering that's what you do so how <laughs> so else how can people get in touch with you well um you you have my linkedin uh, uh i guess you will 
uh, show it somewhere. Sure. The, for, uh, you, you can share it. You can also, um, by LinkedIn, uh, you will find my mail and, and phone and contact information. Um, now, what I... Can I add one more thing to the, the people that listen? Oh, yes. If, yes. if, if you talk about SIX uh, management, um, it's, like I said before, it's really also change management. And if there's one um, book that everybody should read, that's my fourth point that you should do. Huh? Um, I don't know if you know it. It's, it's about the six batteries of change. No, and I see it's Belgian guys. No? Yes, it's well, but now they are working internationally. It's three professors from the Friedrich Business School. And um, we are really using this frame in, in to change the total company and to change the management. Now, if you do it in operational efficiency or in product leadership or in customer intimacy, it doesn't matter. It's change management. But mm -hmm. certainly also for customer experience management, a lot of organizations tend to depend too much only on, for example, a communication agencies or uh, to get that change done. But it's, it's bigger. Uh, it's a real change management. So if you look for a reading, which is maybe not 100% customer experience, but which will help you in the ideas on how can you manage and, and make your company more customer-centric, that's one. And if you just drop me a mail or a, a LinkedIn message, I'm happy to, to send you white papers on that or um, to send you more information on that uh, uh, frame. Fantastic. So the book is called Six Batteries of Change? Yes, Six Batteries of Change, How to Energize Your Company. Fantastic. So we'll also share a link uh, with the book and your contact detail. Um, thank you so much for all the knowledge and the over-delivering. Um. <laughs> Welcome. Thanks for uh, the, the nice uh, chat. So thank you so much. Um, so I want to thank everyone for attending today, um, watching this show. Um, please subscribe, uh, share with your friends, uh, listen again, reach out to Els. Um, her contact details will be added to the show notes and in the description uh, below the video as well. So feel free to reach out to her. Also look at her book, uh, At Leave for Your Clones, if you're speaking Flemish or Dutch. And um, if you don't, just reach out to her, and I'm sure she'll be more than happy to discuss more about it. I uh, wish you all a great day. Thank you, Els. Bye-bye.